everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Atheist Experience, uh, one of the last few of the year. I'm your host, Russell Glasser, and with me today is my amazing wife, Linnea Glasser. Hello. Glad to be here. Yeah, uh, welcome. And today is Sunday, December 16th, 2012. We are a live calling public access atheist, uh, atheist television show based in Austin, Texas, and dedicated to promoting positive atheism and the separation of church and state. We are also available through live streaming video at ustream.tv. The official Atheist Experience website is www.atheist-experience.com. You can provide feedback through the official show blog at freethoughtblogs.com slash AXP. Uh, and you can email us at tv at atheist-community.org. Uh, if you enjoy this show, then you should also check out uh, our sister podcast, uh, Godless Bitches. You can find the link at the Atheist Experience website. And finally, as always, uh, the cast and crew of the Atheist Experience will be going to dinner after the show around 6 p.m. at Threadgills at uh, 301 West Riverside Drive in Austin. And anyone who is local and can make it is welcome. So, uh, first time on this show. I yeah, know you've been on the Godless Bitches several times before. It's exciting. Um, <coughs> God saw fit to smite Jeff D. with some flu. So uh, I'm here as a replacement. And I know we all hope he gets better. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, today I thought I would take the time to talk about souls really quickly uh, before we get full into calls. So I'm going to do a little bit of some armchair philosophy today. And normally that's kind of a bad idea, but it's backed up by actual science, which makes it okay. And what are your qualifications for this actual science? So I have a BS in biopsychology, which is, I explain as like having a BA in neurobiology. <laughs> so that's, so it's kind of a softer view. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I can't quite do brain surgery, but... That's all right. I'm here instead. Uh, so souls are kind of interesting things, and they're more interesting to me than the God question because souls you can actually study. Stol souls definitely interact with the real world because you've got these physical bodies, and your soul has to somehow change that body to make... Uh, to make it do what it wants. You of, know, you can't, of course, you're saying souls as they would be yeah, described. Yeah, if, if you're assuming that a soul is right. a real thing, um, as they would be described by Christianity, that sort of thing. And a lot of people say that they believe in Christianity because they want souls to be correct. They want to they want to live <coughs> after death, that sort of thing. So they kind of believe because it's lumped in with all of that. So that's that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. So, but let's talk about what the soul, uh, how it would work with your body and kind of examine that. Uh, you, you can't have, like, the puppet move without the strengths. So what we want to do is find where are those strengths. That's what we're doing. So let's say if I, if I move my hand, how does the hand move? How would you imagine a soul would move a hand? Well, if you were to design a soul, I would just make the soul move the hand. So let's look at the hand. Directly. You know, what, what, does, what moves the hand? Does it just move out of nowhere? And that would be a kind of soul thing? And the answer is no. 
Uh, you have muscles. The muscles move the hand. So, well, maybe the soul interacts with the muscles and sends the signal to the muscles. And so you look at the muscles and you say, well, what makes the muscle move? And it turns out it's nerves. Right. So you say, okay. As if you believe scientists. Yeah, I mean. and so this, that's kind of the work that scientists have done in the past. So we've, we've started with this armchair stuff. Oh, well, I think the hand would just move. And then you look at the hand, and the science has found out, no, it's muscles, then it's nerves. And then where do the nerves go? To the spinal cord and up to the brain. So a lot of theists and soul believers who maybe don't believe in a God but still believe in souls or hope for a soul, uh, they'll say, well, maybe the soul interacts in a special way with the neurons in your brain. So, so that's basically dualism, right? You've yes. got you've got the brain stuff that makes the nerves move, but right. then you've got the magic cloudy stuff that ha- that yeah. is kind of telling the brain what to do, right? Yeah, it's, it's coming in from this other dimension or something, and it's magic. So, so you look and say, well, okay, even if it's magic, even if it's kind of this weird thing that's going on, you still got to see that point where it makes a change that you wouldn't expect based on the laws of physics, based on how proteins interact, that sort of stuff. Um, and this is assuming that the soul is entirely so crippled that it can't move, it can't move the, the tissue in your hand, it can't move the tissue in your muscles, it can't move the tissue in your nerves. It has to do it in this special place in the brain. And, that, I mean, that could be the case. you got stuff like, like ears. You know, the, you know the, ears. the computer gets yeah. all the Internet from one little spot right, right. there, right there, which, which from, where it plugs in. From so. your port. You can only hear through your ears. You can't hear through your hand. Right. So maybe there's some kind of sensory organ that senses the soul and it sends information back and forth. So if, if you look at the brain nerves and say, well, let's, let's try and find something like that, you kind of do find uh, that nerves have this system for receiving and sending information, but it's from other nerves, from other brain cells. So, so there you, so there you go. The soul, there's no other like kind of sensory soul organ. It's just a self-contained um, system, and there's no input that comes. From somewhere else, there's no output that goes to other places. There aren't these special proteins that change in weird and unexpected ways. Well, well playing devil's advocate, if sure. that thing is in another dimension, then how can we know that there's not some kind of receptor that's just receiving something that's invisible to us? I mean, I guess a theist would say, right. if you looked at a radio, you know, you and you didn't know how to look for radio waves... Um, <clears throat> Well, you, you can still yeah. you can still like build a radio that will pick up those kind of waves, and you can mm-hmm. you can still see how it interacts. And I mean, so, when you, so when that's you take, interesting. You can, you can maybe make a machine that would hijack the magic soul, soul stuff yeah. communicating with the brain and make it communicate with a robot instead. And then it would be perpetual energy. So that would be got per- that. that would be kind of cool. <laughs> that would so yeah, you you could insoul a robot that way if that was how it worked. You know. Okay. Why um, can't we? <laughs> Well, uh, maybe they do have souls, and they just—we just don't know. They're just very content, and they don't interact with us. But so, but so, the system is every time when you would expect, oh, this is what the soul does, or this is how the soul would work. It just works 
a part of your body is doing that, and especially when it comes back to the brain. So you know, your brain is your soul. Your brain is you, and there's a reason that people really like to avoid getting brain damage <laughs> because that destroys part of you. And there's a reason that amnesia people, you know, they they don't uh, remember because of that brain damage. It's not that their soul just forgot to interact with that part. It's not that uh, when you take drugs, it goes back into the soul land, <laughs> and that affects your your mental capacity. It's it's all in your brain. So so, do you think that people who have who believe in souls would think that? You know, if you're getting drunk, yeah, <laughs> your soul is just kind of hovering around there, perfectly lucid, and going, "Oh, I can't control this thing right now. <laughs> What's wrong with it?" I mean, yeah, that that would have to be kind of the explanation. But there, there's no system for that. I mean, if there was some kind of receptor <clears throat> organ or some kind of device, we would see it. There's no, there's no ear inside inside the soul there's no nose there's no there are chemical receptors in brain cells and those chemical receptors are designed to receive signals from other brain watch, cells watch that word designed <laughs> we're assuming yeah. we're even assuming right. that there's a designer there okay they've been designed by evolution I'll give it that so there's no so souls um, kind of saying we don't know about souls we don't know about the afterlife um I feel like we have a pretty good idea of what what that entails. And it's it's a sad thing, but it's a pretty good probability that it's not the case. And that's what I wanted to come out and say. So you're going to have to disillusion people and tell them, yes, it's all physical and chemical processes as far as we've been able to discover. As far as, yeah, as far as we've been able to discover. Maybe there's some kind of tiny protein... And the soul is so so lame that that's the only thing that it can actually work on. Um, very incredibly limited magical powers. And I, I mean, that's the other thing. If you had a soul that was interacting with the body through this kind of magic, what keeps it inside your body? Why can't you do the levitation? Why do you need eyes to see? Why can't you ensoul a robot? Why can't you ensoul a robot? You know, all these things... What, why can't you smush multiple people's souls into one body? You know? Um, hmm. be Like that one movie, Being John Malkovich. It's just a weird movie. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's kind of cool. It raised some interesting things. <clears throat> but So that's it. Souls, probably not real. Okay. Thank you. That's what I wanted to talk about. Also, Bah Humbug. Yes, bah humbug to all of you. Uh, we've already had uh, Matt and Beth hype up Christmas, saying uh, some atheists like Christmas, some don't. All right. <laughs> and whatever you like or don't like is fine. That's right. You don't have to feel pressured yep. to like Christmas, to I dislike mean, Christmas. Feel free to exchange presents, go to parties, get drunk. Do <laughs> however you feel like celebrating the day. Right. It, it also happens to be, I have to remind everyone each year, Newton's birthday, Sir Isaac Newton. Uh, so that is a perfectly good thing to celebrate if you have to celebrate something. And then, of course, you know, there's, there's uh, the Seinfeld holiday, Festivus. Um, lots of other, per- a lot of people uh, still have, have solstice parties to avoid the religious connotations. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. All right.
On to calls, and we're okay. going to start with uh, Tony in Pennsylvania. Hi, guys. Hi. Mr. and Mrs. Glasser. Okay, Hello. here's the deal. I have several questions I'm hoping to get answered by you two rational free thinkers. Oh, by the way, bah hypocrisy, which is what humbug means. Bah humbug. Okay. 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 The first one. You're willing to sacrifice. Are you willing to sacrifice your happiness for the truth? Uh, Am I willing to that's sacrifice? That's a very, very general question. My happiness okay. for the truth? Okay. I, okay. I, I mean, I, I try I mean, and find happiness in the truth, or I try and make the truth into something that's happier. Right. It depends. I guess it depends partly on how much happiness and how uh, and how obviously true. I mean, I guess one way to put this question is you're Cypher in the Matrix and uh, he just wants to go and eat steak and drink wine and not know that the real world is a crappy spaceship. Uh, so he tries to get reinjected into the Matrix. Is that the kind of thing you're talking about? No, basically okay. uh, what I'm <clears throat> concerned about is the uh, uh, people who uh, are lose their faith and they lose their faith and then by discovering the unfortunate truth they realize that okay it's most likely that there isn't uh, a God why unfortunate because it's more it, it, it would be a better uh, possible world if there was an uh, all-powerful and all-loving Lord. But let's well, say... Not well, necessarily. Let's, let's put it this way. Well, so, If he's all-loving, let's just say. He's certainly not. I mean, wh well, that's not, sacrificing well, I don't the, the in truth. Any deity. Right. Well, this world certainly does not have an all-loving God. You can just look to Africa and starving children for that. So that I agree. So th I feel like the Christians are the ones sacrificing happiness. But anyway... When I was younger, um, my parents told me Santa Claus was real. And that's, I thought that's where I got my presents. And then I figured out Santa Claus was not real, and I pretended to still believe because I thought I would get more presents that way. <laughs> and but when you found out Santa Claus wasn't real, didn't you lose? Didn't some of the magic of Christmas just disappear when you found out that Santa did not exist? No, I didn't. And and then I realized later, I realized later that I was pretending to still believe in Santa for nothing because my parents were still going to be the ones getting me that presence. And I had kind of attached the Santa and the presence together, but really it was the parents. It was this real thing that was giving me that benefit. And so I didn't sacrifice my happiness for the truth because I still got the presence and the gifts. Uh but from my parents and from, from the real place and not okay. from the fantasy okay. place. Well, religion is the only comfort many people have in their lives. And the more your show true. grows, the more people uh, <clears throat> see it, they, they realize that you're, you're right. You're right. You're, you're, they adhere to this rationality, free thinking, and they lose their religion. They lose their faith, okay, which could be a positive thing. Okay, and I... Probably, both of you probably can, can I just stop you for a minute and check where you're coming from? Have you yeah. recently lost your faith? Or yes. Yes, yeah. I have. And, and yes, you're, I have. You, you're are speaking you, to an atheist. Yes. Okay. Are you feeling unhappy because of it? Well, of course, sir. Of course? Of course. Well, I mean, I've 
never been religious, and I've never been unhappy about that. That's probably why. But okay. if you if you could understand somebody who was uh, born into a religious family and indoctrinated yeah. into these things since birth, as many people are, and then they become an atheist, it's much more difficult to cope with than someone who did not grow up in a theist family or a theist setting. So my question to you is, what coping methods would you recommend to somebody who lost their faith by discovering the truth or whatnot? Well, how did how did well, your deconversion go, Linnea? Uh, my deconversion was very slow and painless, and I just gave <laughs> stuff up very slowly. So I don't feel like it's very relevant to this call. I mean, I can have a little more insight maybe, but I would... I would like to go back to something you said earlier where you said that many people, the only positive thing that they have in their lives is this religion. And I feel like that's part of the problem is if people end up in these situations where it's just terrible and the religion is kind of the only thing that's that's keeping them uh, content with these bad situations, right. that there needs to be a lot of work uh, from from the community. To improve people's situations so that we don't end up in this this place where you feel like the only good thing you have going for you is religion. And I, I feel like there, there are many ways that you can either uh, improve your life to give it more meaning if, it, if, it's some, if you feel like you're, you're not doing enough or if there's something on, that's going on that's kind of more out of your control. Uh, that's putting you in a bad situation. There, are, there are social groups and social, uh, you know, people you can talk to uh, professionally who can who can help put that kind of perspective of this is all the good things that you are doing and this is all the good things in your life. Or you can work towards improving that. That may be fine and just in everyday life, but what happens when tragedy strikes? I mean, uh, as a recently. Uh, atheist, I have been, I haven't been struck with tragedy, but I fear that when I do, what is the method that would help me then? I, I can get through everyday life when a tragedy strikes. What do I do? Well, the, it depends on the tragedy. Uh, if, okay, if let's it's... say uh, 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 dealing with not, not so much a death, but a disaster. Let's say a, a house fire, for example. A house fire. Um... Because I can tell you, I mean, Russell asked me how I love my faith. I easily I mean, right. the thing about a house fire is that it emotionally sucks, and it destroys a lot of property. And what, when you have that kind of fire, you should be able to rely on people and community around you and friends and family who can say, man, that's that's a really sucky situation. Do you need help? Do you need a place to stay? Yeah, Do you but then need they help? put religion into it. They'll throw religion into it all of a sudden. Well, then you need a better class of friends. <laughs> no, 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 no. Or you can say, you know, I really appreciate, I really appreciate, I know that that means something to you, and I really appreciate that sentiment. Because what they're I mean, giving it's, to it's you... Kinda, uh, it, it's kind of hard to disentangle these two things, because, because you know, it's not just the, the thing that religion provides only good things and happiness to your life. Uh, you know, rel- religion causes those strings to be attached. Like when when people say, "Well, I'll help you, but first you have to accept Jesus." That's kind of you know, that's kind that's of a rotten, 
What? That's balderdash. I don't buy any of that. No, not anymore. Poppycock. I don't believe that. It's wacky. You don't believe? I don't believe. No, I don't believe in in that uh, that theological superstitious nonsense. It's right. wacky. Right, but wacky. other other people believe wacky. in it. Oh well. Yeah, I, I, I did most of my life, sir. Yes. Right. Um, there, there was just a school shooting, and someone oh, yes, was in famous. Connecticut. Oh, terrible! Yeah. Someone famously uh, just said, Mike you know, Huckabee? I don't, I don't, ca- I didn't catch who it was, but he said, uh, you know, the reason that this happened is because they took, they took uh, God out of schools, referring to, you know, removing school prayer. So they're, they're saying that, oh, this is tragedy. Yeah, so yeah, of course it is. It, so when it you become an atheist, warmer, you don't you yeah. don't have that kind of stuff where you're like, well, something bad happened to you, but you must have deserved it, right? So huh. you can you can look at it and say, yeah, crappy stuff happens to good people, and that sucks. And they themselves commit logical fallacies, other than uh, theological ones, such as an argument from arrogance. Yeah, sure. all, all the time. Um, yeah. The the thing is, I mean. Atheism doesn't provide specific mechanisms to cope with um, uh, to cope with the world other than uh, what you get from looking at the world realistically. But that doesn't prevent you from going with all the uh, I, I mean from looking into all the other ways to cope uh, to cope with terrible things in your life, which are things like getting ca- counseling, finding comfort in your friends and your loved ones. Um, uh, Doing something you like, I don't know, taking a bath. Yeah, taking taking a hike, going into nature if that's your thing. Um, <clears throat> you know, r- reading philosophical books. There are a lot of great uh, uh, books of philosophy by atheists, such as Bertrand Russell, uh, or I think one that I read by Robert Nozick called "The Examined Life," uh, was, was pretty good. I heard the demon haunted world by Carl Sagan is renowned in the atheistic community. Oh, I love the demon haunted world, but I wouldn't say it's so much about uh, you know f- philosophically how do you deal with emo- uh, difficult emotional times as it is what's an overall perspective that you can use to sort of understand the world and reality through science. Uh, so I mean, different topics. Sure. Uh, But Bertrand Russell, The Conquest of Happiness, is a good one. The Conquest of Happiness, okay. Okay, well, I would like to thank uh, uh, both of you you for helping me out very much, and uh, I wish Jeff the Gamer D a speedy recovery. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, we have Dimitri in Maryland. Hello? Dimitri, you're on. You got three seconds. (laughs) I was kind of worried about that. Yeah, I didn't think that was real. Uh, Sydney in Seattle, Washington. Hey, what's up, Blazers? Hey, How you that's doing, a good Sydney? way to refer to it. Uh, just hanging out. Um, first time caller, uh, but a huge fan of the show. Okay. Um, you guys are really instrumental in my deconversion, and uh, thank you. Yeah, you guys, uh, you guys are pretty good. You guys are pretty good. Um, I was calling because uh, I wanted to get your opinion on uh, a particular stance that uh, I, I'm that I have right now. Um, I was a Christian for about 20 years of my life you know, indoctrinated, born and raised, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
something like really terrible happened to me when I was 20, and 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 that started uh, leading in my deconversion. And you know, then I started looking at YouTube channels like Thunderfoot, and I ran into you guys, and you know, all that. I was a huge atheist for about five years um, after that, and uh, I, I hit rock bottom. Uh, I became addicted to uh, some stuff, and uh, I just uh, I just lost all control of myself, and. I uh, I recently started praying again, and uh, I'm not saying that I'm praying to God or I'm buying into the whole Christian faith or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm kind of like implying a like a power of positive thinking kind of perspective. Um, do you get what I'm saying, kind of or no? Yes. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah, so I, I was just. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. So a lot. Of, one of my favorite things that I studied in. Uh, when getting my degree was placebos and kind of I was really interested in it because I was thinking you know how do how can you harness this real phenomena that's happening and and make it also apply to real medicines placebos being if you take some fake medicine and you think it's real then you're more likely to get better but there's a whole bunch of tricks and stuff that improves how well the placebo works. If you if you make up some kind of explanation for how it works in your body, then then you'll do better than if you just took the placebo that some doctor gave you. Uh, the more the more you work at it, it, like a placebo surgery is more effective than a placebo uh, pill. I would not recommend taking a placebo surgery. Uh, but you know when you go through that that motion, there's a reason that prayer became popular. Uh, if it didn't work somehow, then, <laughs> you know, it doesn't work well, through yeah. magic. It, it has to work somehow. And well, you can I mean, take part, that and make it, it works, work. Partly it works just by confirmation bias. I mean, people sure. think that some of their prayers have been answered, and they don't think so much about the ones that aren't answered, and so they feel like... Uh, and and so they can develop that sort of mental superstition around it, right? I, I don't think he's like asking for wish granting. I think he's yeah. just like. Uh, well, no, I, I'm certainly not implying that uh, that uh, by praying that you influence the natural world or mm-hmm. or anything like that. I'm no. not implying that. No. I'm, well, but uh, I'm kind of going with what uh, your wife. I'm sorry. What's your first name? Linnea. Linnea. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Um. Yeah, uh, basically with what she was saying uh, about how there might be, like, a, not necessarily a placebo effect, yeah. but more of, like, a, a physiological, maybe neurological, um, like, you're just in a positive mood, right? And, like, yeah. when you're in a positive mood, stuff just, like, seems easier, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah, and and so I think that's a great thing to do. Uh, you know, trigger that however you feel like, and as long as you can say... I know where this is coming from. It's coming from inside me. Then that's great, and you should definitely right. take advantage well, of that. I know Dan well, Barker likes to speak in tongues, and he doesn't believe in that stuff anymore. Right. But he just finds it enjoyable. Well, okay. Well, I'm I'm kind of like at the point to where uh, like I'm with I'm with atheism. Like I I, I completely understand where y'all are coming from, and uh, in fact I, I agree. Like you know, but I'm kind of at the point to where I'm saying. You know, I'm just going to choose to believe. Like, it, it's ridiculous. I know that it's ridiculous. Well, believe believe so what? Just that, uh, you know, there might be a higher power, um, and that uh, if I cons- consistently 
go through reaffirmations or, you know, state reaffirmations and ask for things and truly believe that not necessarily that all of those things are going to be granted to me, but more that uh, I'll be okay, like I'll be fine. Well, you know, you know? There, there's two senses in which you could believe that. I mean, you're saying that you choose to believe it, which is weird to me because... Um, I mean, do you think there's a there's a reason to believe credibly that that the God exists, or are you just believing it because it makes you feel good to believe it, and you straight up say that? I would say um, to power to empower the positive uh, perspective that I'm coming from. I'm just gonna choose to believe, like because that's what faith is, right? Um, so, I, I kinda, so you're going to say that you believe, but at the same time, on some level, you know it's actually not true. Well, can anyone say it's true? I would say more. I'd, I'd say I know it's illogical, but I'm going, I'm going to choose. Like, I mean, we can't say that anything's true or not. Well, right? then in that case, do you really believe it, or are you just telling yourself you believe it? Maybe I'm telling myself that I believe it. I'm not, okay. I, look, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that, you know, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie to myself or to y'all. You know, I'm, I'm, I, 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 it, it's it's ridiculous to believe it, but but I have been applying it, and uh, you know, whether it be coincidence or you know, the power of the human brain, because we don't know the, the capabilities of that either. But whether it be one of those things, things you know, things have just been going a lot better for me. You know, and uh, dude, look, I'm not trying to preach to you, and I'm not trying to convert you or anything. Like, I'm with you. I'm with you guys. I am. But I'm just, you know, offering this perspective and just trying to get your opinion on it. I feel like that takes you to a potentially dangerous and kind of selfish place. And let me explain why. So, I mean, Mormon underwear protects you from fire. Okay. Would you choose to believe that? Well, I mean... If you were in a fire and there was some Mormon underwear, would you say, well, (laughs) I should put this on so that I'll be protected? Right. Well, again, I, I was uh, when I when I talked about prayer, um, I wasn't yeah. suggesting that that it would influence anything in the natural world. Right. I was I was suggesting that it would influence something physiologically or neur- neurologically. Well, could you choose I mean, to believe it, and then maybe it could influence your skin to protect you against the rising heat? I mean, it, it gets to this weird place where you're you're making where do you draw the line, and then you also get to a place where. There are all these people who are really suffering, um, starving to death, have malaria, and what is their excuse for not praying hard enough? Right. No, I, I, I agree with you. Again, like I'm not trying to say that uh, um, I'm not trying to say that, that that you could bend reality with it. You know, obviously the limits would be you know the limits of the natural world. So, you know, well, I, I mean, what I'm thinking is if all you're choosing to believe is uh, believe the fact that uh, uh, positive thinking will influence you psychologically, you don't have to believe anything irrational. You're right. Yes. I mean, that is actually true. That's, like she said, the placebo effect is a real right. observed phenomenon. Uh, but but the real question is, do you believe anything supernatural along no, with that? No, I, I, I don't. I don't, because okay. it's illogical. Okay. Then you're right. I believe if, if, there, if there was That's a God great. Then we agree. gave me a logical brain, it would be ridiculous to be illogical with it. But yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Right. Then we okay. agree. All right. I think we're going to move on to another caller. Though. Sure. Hey, good talking to you guys, all right? Thank all you. Right. Thanks. Take it easy. Bye. Corey in Alabama. Hey. Hi. How are you guys doing? 
I'm good. How are you? Great. I'm doing well. Um, I'm a theist here in Alabama, and okay. I would like to first off thank you guys for this whole show. Um, I'm, I know you don't get a lot of thanks for from a lot of people, but or a lot of theists at least. Uh, but I would like to thank you guys for pushing people to more and be more logical. Well, thinking. thank you, Corey. I'm glad you appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, I would like to discuss, I know you've heard this a hundred times before, I'm sure, but uh, the Quam cosmological argument. Okay. Okay. Um, being, obviously, premise one, whatever begins to exist has a cause. Premise two, the universe begins to exist. And then the conclusion logically follows, therefore, the universe has a cause. Okay. Um, okay. What specifically do you mean by universe? The universe, like, all matter, space, and time. Okay. All matter, space, and time. So not just the physical universe that we know existed, began to exist with the Big Bang, but like any potential metaverses or anything else that might exist as... Your as, soul stuff as well. Right. How do you yeah. know that began to exist? Um, because if... Well, with the reality of time, there's no... There can't be an actual infinite that can actually exist. Why not? Because that time is a series of events one after the other you would never be able to get to now if there, um, if there was an infinite past you that's have to kind, that's kind of a weird misconception about how math works that a lot of people uh, make but I don't know anyway. I feel like I'm convinced now that Shiva exists <laughs> this is the that best what? Shiva exists Shiva? I feel like yeah yeah, the, is, the Hindu is a, god, is that the one with the arms or yeah. the one with the elephant head? Yeah, I mean, that's who created the universe, right? I'm <laughs> uh, not sure. <laughs> not with that one, at least. <laughs> um, but that would prove that... Well, actually, that one would prove anything. She wouldn't be able to... You know, she's a physical, sort of physical god and having physical attributes means that you're... All right, down so let's, let's say that we go with this argument and ultimately we decide that what it proves is that there was something that didn't begin to exist, right? Okay. I, I mean, that's what you're getting at, right? Somewhat. It would have to be a transcendent being... No, wait, 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 wait. Who said being? Oh, well, uh, inanimate objects can't create something. Uh, why not? Because they have no will to do so. My, my toaster will. makes toast. <laughs> Are you saying your sister's inanimate? <laughs> like an uh, abstract object? Yeah, the toaster Reason? makes toast. The toaster? Yeah, I mean, when you say inanimate objects... When you say inanimate objects can't make things, you're kind of begging the question because you're assuming that there are no natural processes by which things come into existence without a god when what you're trying to do is prove God. So, I mean... But things can come into existence through natural processes that were set into motion via... Via sheep. What I would say is God. <laughs> or via a toaster, a cosmic toaster. Yeah, a toaster. A cosmic toaster. How do you well, know? Toaster, How do you know? A toaster what? would also have to be physical, being as a toaster. Therefore, it would have to be under the constraints. No, no, it's a transcendent time, toaster. Would, what? It's, it's a, a transcendent, transcendent toaster. toaster. 
transcends time and space. Right, doesn't have a personality, but yeah. it's a toaster hovering in nowhere in no time, and through it all things come to exist with no intent. With no intent. How could it have no intent yet come to exist or bring into existence? How could something Same way a regular toaster has no intent. <laughs> How the could something with intent have... By something that has an intent to do something. <laughs> How could your guy... Okay, so... Um, so your idea is that uh, it's just like the toaster, except that it has this will somehow. It's like the brave little toaster. Right. <laughs> mm. Yeah, close to it. Um, I would say that it can't be really defined as a toaster, being that toaster as we know it has physical properties. So, I mean, if you want to use toaster instead of the word God. I mean, this toaster I mean, has no physical properties. <laughs> well, then I want to be a toaster, would it? We define toaster as something that has physical properties. All right, but it wouldn't necessarily be a god one. either. Not this one. Why not? Because that's... How else could the universe have been created? If except not, by the except transcended by the toaster with no physical properties. That transcends time and space. Well, that's not me. That's what I think, that the transcendent being is the thing that did create the universe. Okay, I know you think that, but you have to actually demonstrate it in order to convince other people. And the Kalam cosmological argument doesn't really do it. I mean, at best, the, cos the Kalam co cosmological argument attempts to convince people that there must be a thing without a god, and then you jump to this assumption about it being a being, which there's not really any support for that. Well, the Even only two possibilities we for it to do that, the only two possibilities that could have created it, the uncaused first cause or whatever that, whatever you would want to call it, transcended would, be, would be an unembodied mind or an abstract could, object. If I had a soul that could travel back in time, could I be the one that created the universe? Uh, no, because you'd have to Why not? come out of time to create the universe because the universe is well, if, I, if I had a soul that could transcend time, then could I be the creator of the universe? Retroactively? Retroactively. Retroactively, you'd have to have immense power. You'd have to My soul has have that. the will to create the universe. Okay, yeah, it would have that. And let's see, what else would you have to have? You have to be non-physical. My soul would, is not physical, so that's good. Okay. Cool. Soul is not physical, like... That would seem to be describing what the top or the cosmos argument has to prove. This guy just proved that I'm the creator of the universe. This is the best no, well, presentation it, of the cosmological <laughs> argument I have I don't ever seen. How that proves that you're the creator of the universe? Well, so I, mean, <laughs> I mean that that's the problem here. It, I, I mean, really, what the Kalam cosmological argument defines as a vague set of properties without actually identifying anything. Any leap to, well, it's got a personality or it's a thing that we could call a god is just conjecture, even if the, the other things about the cos Kalam cosmological argument work. Yeah. It's just as likely that I did it as some other thing, any other thing you could name. Do you, do you have the immense amount of power that would create the universe? My soul does. My physical body doesn't, but that's because it's a physical body, but my soul does. So. Oh, I'm not sure that 
all those. Well, I believe I know how much power my soul has. Um, well, I'm not sure that this is going to further. Well, um, well, that's kind of what we say, that we're not sure again. about, <laughs> yeah, about I mean, that we don't, kind of stuff. We don't say absolutely that we know how the universe got started. We uh-huh. just don't find that a god a particularly convincing possibility. What would you find as a particularly convincing possibility? Uh, if I knew that, I'd had an, I'd have a Nobel Prize. <laughs> so it seems that there's faith on both sides of this argument. No, because faith involves uh, feeling certainty about something that you have no reason to know about. And I just said, we don't know. I don't think so. You seem to know that there isn't something, and there's the faith in that. that well, you don't we, we don't. It's just that the issue is about burden of proof. I mean, if you tell me that you, you know, have, you know that uh, the Loch Ness monster is real, then the onus would be on you to provide the right evidence that the Loch Ness monster is real. I mean, why why did you hesitate to believe that I'm the one who created the universe? Because you are not all powerful. But I just told you I was. My soul is. I mean, I feel like what you're doing... In your mind, you're saying to yourself, that is ridiculous and silly. And I don't have a good reason to say why that's ridiculous and silly. But it's just kind of common sense. And I, I don't really know where to go with that ridiculous thing that you're saying. And that's that's kind of how we view the God thing. Right. I mean, not... You think of God as just the soul? No, we think of God as just something you make up to answer something that you don't know the real answer to. doesn't mean it couldn't be true. It just means something you make up isn't that convincing a possibility. And canon-wise, I think God's the ultimate soul. By saying that it's something that we make up, that you're trying to put it as something that can't be true. Well, do you have direct evidence of this God? Do you need direct evidence to believe stuff? Generally, yeah. Mm. I mean, you know, if you did tell me this Loch Ness Monster thing, I my default position would be not to believe you. And you could make up something that's true. Like, I can make up that there is a guy downtown right now wearing a red shirt. And, I don't know, that could be true. But, uh, but, true. Uh, but I'm not going to believe it until we get the evidence. And what kind of evidence would suffice? What kind of evidence? Um, I'm sure that an all-powerful creature would know exactly what kind of evidence. I mean, I, well, and I mean, in the case of the guy with the red shirt, it's yeah. pretty, you know, weak. Oh, yeah, that would be, so, I mean, down, ju- down just a picture of him picture. on Facebook with, with the tag would actually be good enough for me at that point. But yeah. for something that says there exists a being outside of time who is all-powerful and uh, can do any kind of magic trick and creates universes and uh, doesn't like gay marriage, that would require a very big magic trick. Right. It doesn't seem like it's that big of a, a jump or a leap. Well, I think that something, <laughs> if there was something like God, that would be transcendent, all-powerful, all-knowing, and stuff like that. Well, you just said Where if there was something like God, there, it, then it would be like God, which is 
And I, yet it's too <laughs> much of a leap for you to believe that I have a soul that that's that powerful. I feel insulted. <laughs> there, there. <laughs> I can't hold her back. <laughs> well, I wouldn't want to insult She's you. She's really angry now. Um, uh, I, uh, you're welcome to call in another week. I think uh, we've got 15 minutes left, and we're going to move on to another caller. But um, thanks for the discussion, Corey. Thank you. All right. Bye. David in North Carolina. Hey, uh, um, hi, uh, Russell, and uh, thanks for taking me. I called in initially, but I lost uh, I lost the signal. I, my, the Internet is my virtual lifeline to the world, and it failed on me. But I'm glad I, happened, I had an opportunity to get back on. All right. Um, can you hear me okay? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, like many people, I am active on social media, and like many people who are active on social media, my friends, the people who are out there that I associate with, represent a broad spectrum of interests and beliefs and worldviews right. and so forth. Um, in the wake of the recent tragedy in Connecticut, the, primary, the elementary school shooting where so many people lost their lives, uh, a lot of my more... Uh, faith-oriented friends are in, uh, have now gotten in the uh, in the mindset. Well, they're reposting things which say in so many. It, it, it's a dialogue with God in which uh, people are asking God, you know, why did you permit this to happen? And God is answering them, uh, "Sorry, I'm not allowed into schools anymore." And this just drives me crazy. Uh, so, I am an atheist, does it? As it happens, and and what I want to be able to do is is provide some sort of a cogent response that isn't you know it's not egregious, it's not mean spirited, but at least encourages them to think about why they think this, and maybe they should think a different way. So so apparently these people, along with former governor and presidential candidate, I'm going to put you on hold for a second. Yeah. Sorry, you got some kind of weird background noise. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll tell you when I let you back on, though. Um, apparently, along with Mike Huckabee, these, pe- these people believe that there's a God who's going, hey, I have the power to save, uh, you know, 27 lives right now, but, uh, you know, not enough people are praising my name in the school every day, so screw them. Yeah. What a dick. <laughs> what a dick move, yeah. Um, what? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that, that, I mean, there, there's just multiple levels to which that's ridiculous. One of them is that there's no evidence that God ever saves anybody from a shooting. That's wishful thinking. And the other, and the other is the absolutely horrifically scummy and callous belief, um, that the all-powerful God is not rescuing the lives of six-year-olds, was it? Or I, I think so. I, because, I, I didn't get the details. Because but it was, he's it, throwing a, a temper tantrum. <laughs> because he's throwing a temper tantrum over some legislation about what uh, about teachers not being allowed to promote religion in school, and he's taking it out on little kids. Right. Screw that God. Well. He, he's asking, how do I deal with the people who believe that this is a real thing? This, would, this sounds like a Facebook problem, am I right? 
Well, yes, yes, it is, it, is, it is something that is being passed around on Facebook, and I see it so many times. And I don't want to defriend people over what are essentially differences in our beliefs. Oh, it gets easier after the first time. Left. But <laughs> you, you want, I, again, as I said, I want to be able to provide a response that's meaningful and cogent and encourages them to think without being seeming like I'm an asshole, you know? Well... Two things. First of all, you don't have to defriend. There is a an option to unsubscribe. Right, I <laughs> am familiar with that, but so it, it, you that can was, do that. yeah, I, that it, certainly is a choice. It's it's a good way to ensure some peace of mind. You can always temporarily do it if you, if you like. Uh, but what I would recommend is they're being an asshole. They're being <laughs> incredibly rude. You have the right to be rude back. And you don't have to expect it to, to go anywhere. Um, and I wouldn't get embroiled in a flame war that goes for multiple right. posts with it going back and forth. This, say, this says this, this said that. Um, I would respond with something that's kind of short and simple and just says, look, I feel, I feel like this is really insensitive to people who are suffering and who actually uh, who got hurt by this, who got killed by this. And it, I feel really bad about this and you don't even have to touch you know the god stuff the religious stuff just say i i feel like this is not an appropriate sentiment to be expressing and and that's kind of a good thing to do because that's not a you can't really flame back to that you can't be like well it's completely appropriate you're dumb you know, yeah, yeah, that, and that, yeah. I, I, unfortunately, over the course of trying to express my views and do exactly what you describe, I've, I've found myself embroiled in those yeah. flame wars, to use your expression, and, and they're unproductive. And, and at the end of it, neither neither party, neither side in the argument ends up changing their mind anyway. So, it's right. quite, hey, David, I'm going to do you a huge favor right now. I absolve sure. you of responsibility <laughs> to fix your friend's stupidity. It's and not your job. It's, it's, <laughs> it's fair oh, to reply okay. once so that other people, if they read that post, they can see, oh, you know, it's, it's not just this one person that thinks this way. But after, if they reply back, I wouldn't even bother with it if they want to keep going about it because no one else is going to see. And Russell has this policy where he doesn't reply to people <laughs> unless it's uh, public or he enjoys it. I, right. I think... You know, and so once it gets to the point where no one else is seeing it and you're just fighting a big wall, don't fight the brick wall. Uh, yeah, you're right. That, that, that makes sense. And I really have, as time has gone on, I've kind of evolved into a point where I, I, will, I will make one response. And then after that, you know, it's fine. You have your good. position. I have mine. We're not going to see it the same way. That's the end of it. Let's move on. Right. Although so, when, when she says, if I enjoy it, uh, you know, <laughs> it's fair to have an argument if you need the practice. If, it, if it's the first time you're yeah. hearing something, uh, you know, feel free to bang your head against that wall because in the future, if that topic comes up again, you might have a better idea of how to respond next time. Sure. It's kind of analogous. I've been going back through. I, I, I'd stopped following uh, uh, recent shows for a while, and I've been going back through and listening. And on one of the recent shows, you folks talked about uh, reading or what, one, of, one of the hosts talked about uh, making it a point daily to re- read or uh, read or research something that they didn't disagree with, with the net effect that it would help you to kind of uh, gel your argument against that and understand it better and so on. I think that was crazy. So, yeah. 
Yeah, so yeah. listen, I'll let you go. I know you probably okay. want to get to other calls, but I think what you, the work you guys are doing is very important, and I'm a big fan of the show, and thanks very much for taking my call. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Good luck. Plus, if you argue with them again or enough, then they could be the one that defriends you. <laughs> and yeah, then, there you and go. And then the problem <laughs> solves itself. <laughs> uh, Matthew in Hawaii. Hello? Hi. Hello. Oh, hi there. Uh, big fan of the show. Okay. Thanks. Um, I wanted to ask you guys a question about kind of coming out of the closet as an atheist. Um, I am someone who's been kind of born and raised Christian my whole life, and I've kind of just battled with that the last few years when I've kind of discovered evidence that kind of disproves a lot of what the Bible says. But I never really had a problem pretending that, or kind of pretending that I still had faith up until recently, especially with the shootings kind of got me riled up. So uh, I was wondering, like, how important you guys think it is to be open with your atheism and to let, like, say, family members know. How old are you and are you living by yourself or with family members? I'm I'm 24 years old and I'm currently living with some uh, like uh, some family in Hawaii. You're currently living with family. I mean, getting atheist visibility out there is important, but it's not more important than your personal safety and well-being. Um, <clears throat> so that's a judgment call that only you can really make. Um, if you feel like they would maybe kick you out or retaliate or manipulate you in some in some way uh, with regards to living your current living situation, then I would say there there's no sin when it comes to lying. Um, that that's okay, and I had to go through that for a while, and it was hard. It was kind of it was kind of heartbreaking. Because you want to do the right thing, you want to present yourself and be accepted as who you are, and that that is a good feeling when you have the luxury of doing so. And so, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, uh, sorry, just to add on to that, it's like I have confronted certain family members about at least not necessarily being an atheist, but even early on when I just had questions. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like just asking questions kind of, like, riled them up. And so, I mean, that kind of made me reluctant a little bit to be more open with it. Because I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm outright atheist. Sure. But, you know, it's like, it seems like even asking, it seems like even questioning the Bible can upset fellow Christians. And so it's like, I'm not really sure how to know about that or if I should at all or I guess like you were alluding to earlier kind of wait for the right timing I mean maybe my situation isn't the best right now to do so well Russell absolved that last guy so I absolve you it is okay to lie to your family about this issue as long as you think that they are not going to respond in kind with being respectful yeah no, I, I don't. It's weird. I don't feel necessarily like right. like they have to know, which is why I and I still That's don't true. really. It's just that 
like, for instance, to kind of go back to some of the shootings, and I've seen people, like, upload those pictures on Facebook that say, oh, these shootings kind of happened because we took God out of schools. And I've seen certain people that say, oh, these kids are in heaven now, even though we have no idea whether they're Jewish or atheists or even Muslim. And yeah. it's kind of like what little faith I have in that religion is kind of squashed right now because it makes me so ashamed to hear fellow Christians say that. Right. Well, sure. um, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a long process of not only coming to grips with your own atheism, but also uh, figuring out how to gracefully deal with the people that you interact with. Um, you know, it's entirely possible that sooner or later your parents will find out, but there's nothing wrong with making it later rather than sooner. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty... That's pretty, that's pretty good advice. Um, well, thank you uh, for answering my question. I think I'll let you guys go. Maybe you guys can squeeze right. another caller in real quick. Good luck to you. Uh, All right, thanks a lot, man. Yeah. Bye. Oh, I we... would like to throw back to that previous, to the first caller, I think, okay. who was are asking we... about the happiness versus, uh, are we running out of time? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, but we'll just, uh, uh, Nils, hang on, and we'll take you after um, in the post-show, yeah. and you go ahead and wrap us up. So, yeah, so the happiness versus the reality. Um, I don't really feel like it's a great thing to get happiness out of a school shooting. So that is yeah. what atheism offers. Thanks to the right. casting crew. Thanks. Yeah, thank you, everybody, and we'll see you at Threadgills on Riverside. Uh, it's been a great week, and I'll see you next year. So uh, bye. Thanks, Linnea. Thank you.